0: Hello, everybody, and indeed welcome to another Spotify-only podcast. Uh, this is Chicago Tony V, and uh, I'm just putting together a little something, something I guess for while I'm uh, out of town, out of out of commission. Um, and uh, so here's what I wanted to talk about. This is kind of interesting to me. Uh, many of you know I'm preparing for a uh, trip to Mexico and I've been doing an awful lot of research just to, because I'm a little nervous, I'm gonna be going by myself, which is kind of weird. And I just wanna get a lay of the land. So one of the ways I've done that is I have studied a lot of YouTube videos of people who are visiting Mexico, and, and in some cases it's Westerners who are now living in Mexico. And I have I've watched several videos because I'm nervous, nervous, and um, I've seen some interesting trends. I see certain things pop up kind of over and over. If I watch enough videos, and I'm gonna share one with you, and this really plays into something I've suspected for a long time. Let me see if I can organize this in my mind. I, I guess I will start, I will start with uh, one of the videos that stuck out to me, a little aha moment, is this nice young lady who had moved to Mexico. She was kind of young, an American. She was kind of young. She had been in Mexico for about a year, living somewhere in Mexico. She did a video, um, what to expect when you live to Mexico. And it was very nicely done and she was just trying to help people out who were planning on going for some period of time and i'm not going to totally remember her list of you know things to expect but uh one of the things she said was uh she said you know what you're gonna find that mexican people are very very well dressed and you're going to actually feel underdressed so you will be inspired to believe it or not up your your wardrobe after a while i thought that was interesting uh she also said let's see what else did she say but well, let me get to the point though. She said, she said, now the other thing I didn't know, she said, there are actually, well, she said, the food is insane. It's great. She goes, you're going to actually become a taco snob. She said, you may think that you knew tacos. She said, once you get to Mexico, you're going to realize, oh my God, I never really had a real taco until coming to Mexico. She said, you are not going to believe how much food you eat. It's delicious. It's fabulous. I thought, that's interesting. And that's right up my alley. She said, furthermore, uh, she says, I, have n- I had no idea how many bakeries there were. They, they have these amazing bakeries. She said, it's nearly like on every block you'll have insane bakeries. You're going to, and she even on her video, she showed some of the pastries. She stopped into one of these things. They look delicious. She's like, you're going to become so addicted to this stuff. And I thought, oh, shit, that's just what I need. And she, she, she was like, uh, I, I, she said, I didn't even, uh, you know, I wasn't like a big donut person or whatever. It just wasn't when I was in America. She's like, I am hooked. I'm going into these places all the time. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Then something she said, which really floored me, and it was in this order. So she said, you're going to, the food is so delicious. You're going to be a taco snob. You're going to eat constantly. You're going to discover bakeries. You're going to be eat so many donuts and cakes and all this stuff. Then here's what she said. She said, also, you're going to lose weight. She said, uh, she said, "Everyone that comes here, if they stay long enough, they lose at least like a dress size." She said, "So when you when you're getting back to this feeling underdressed thing, and you're gonna need to change your wardrobe, she said, e- understand that you're gonna lose a bunch of weight too. So try and time it, and buy upgrade your wardrobe once you're down a size or two And I thought, "Wait a minute, you just said." I'm going to be eating freaking tacos and, and chips and salsa and all this stuff and donuts and pastries and everything and I'm going to lose weight. I thought that's freaking interesting. Well, so like I said, I've watched several, several videos and I saw this type of theme come up again. She came to Mexico, love the food, it's tremendous, and I lost a bunch of weight and uh, i saw one just yesterday it's a woman she and her husband have been uh living in mexico now two or three years they are americans where are they from did she i think baltimore maryland now they have family in america so they they go back uh, repeatedly and what did she say first of all she said now this is fascinating she said i've we've never gotten sick or any sort of food poisoning ever in mexico you know when you go to mexico everyone's gonna tell you oh don't drink the water that's one thing and they'll tell you don't eat food from street vendors eat pre-packaged food and all this stuff she said that's never happened to us once and then she said she said furthermore she said when we go back to america after they live basically full-time in Mexico, but they visit at least a couple times a year, America. She said, when we go back to America, two things happen. We, um, We get all sorts of gastrointestinal discomfort when we go back to America. And she said, and we gain weight. Then we come back to Mexico and then finally we feel better and the weight goes back down to where it was. I mean, I'm hearing this over and over, and I find it fascinating. And it really plays into something, like I said, that I have suspected for a long time. And that is, I think they're putting some shit in our American food supply. (laughs) There's something going on. I think there is, I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know if it's the high fructose corn syrup. Lord knows what it is. We all know it's frankenfood. But um, I, you know, this to me, this is fascinating. I, I almost, I've, I've got half a mind to just go ahead and get her done and live out of the country for a year and just see what happens. Like I'm a fat guy. Like I am clearly, there's no doubt about it. I'm a fat guy. But what people would not believe probably is I don't think I eat like a fat guy. I, uh, people like me, and I, hell, I assume this of other of other fat Americans I know, we all assume, oh, I know what you're doing, right? Sure, you eat like a bird in front of me, but uh, you know, you, then you go home and you uh, call up Papa John's and you sit on the couch and watch Netflix all night and a gallon of ice cream and all this stuff. I'm actually not that way. And as a matter of fact, it's a rare day where I even eat three meals. I'm normally... one or two meal a day guy now do i still have processed food in there yes i do and maybe that's the problem what i'm saying is i I, there's something going on so i've determined when i go down to mexico here very shortly i'm gonna let her rip i'm just gonna eat now i don't i'm only gonna be there a week so i don't think really anything's gonna change but um i'm just i'm just curious this is gonna stick with me And maybe this is an experiment that I will need to run at some point in my life. Uh, Give me a year somewhere else. And let's see if I'm still a complete fat fuck by the end of that thing. You know, it would be interesting. I will report back. I promise. Listen, uh, normally I do a live stream. Obviously, this is not a live stream right now. I do a live stream almost every day you can find me on uh reddit and uh you can find me on twitch uh best way to know what's going on maybe is to follow me on twitter my twitter handle is at chicago tony and if you want to um send a letter into the show i always read letters on the live stream it's really fun and uh, just send me uh, send that to Chicago Tony V like vegetable at gmail.com. That's how you get on the show. Please don't expect it to be super quick, but we'll get there eventually. All right? And uh, because I'm going to be out and because I'm behind on the mailbag, I'm going to read you a letter or two. Now normally on the live stream, the pepperonis will chime in, et cetera, etc, cetera, but not today. I'm going to read a letter here and uh, we'll just get my thoughts right off the cuff. Okay, here we go. Dear Tony, my daughter is finally home for the summer from her first year of college. I am struck by the change in her personality. She repeatedly interrupts her father and me to correct something we have said. Oh, God. She regularly accuses us of saying something racist, sexist, disinformation, or misinformation. Yes, she claims that misinformation and disinformation are two different things. (laughs) She sounds lovely, by the way. We sent our nice, respectful daughter away for an education, and we got back a very bitter, confused woman. What's worse is we paid $40,000 for this year of, quote, education, unquote. I don't really have a question, but I wanted to vent and get this on the record. This is from Donna G. Geez, Louise. I uh, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. You know, I've heard it said time and again that there's something about... Uh, there's something about our college system specifically that seems to really be awakening, um, uh, you know these these feelings, this this kind of uh, rage a little bit, and this this cancel culture and this feeling of justice and all this stuff. So I get it, um, and I do think it's unfortunate, I, you know, when. When you, you know, when you can see that a kid changes. You know, a a kid is one way, you know, for whatever. How old are you when you go to college? What, 18? Kid is one way for 18 years, goes away for a year, comes back, and is very different. Uh, I can see how that can be kind of freaky. Um, And I can remember, even when I was in college, way back when, I I feel like some of those forces were around. Like, I can remember... um, I actually took a, What let, let me think of what it actually, a culture studies class. I thought that was, I was actually very excited about that. I thought it, I was going to be learning about other cultures and I found that very interesting. And it turns out, first of all, let's see, that would have been in around 900 and 1990, about 1990. <clears throat> so this culture studies thing was uh, uh, what I didn't understand is it was bitching. It was it, it was bitching about uh, uh, being a minority. So in that class, I was the only uh, person you would call, I guess, not a minority or whatever. And um, it was kind of a bummer because it was it was uh, it was lecture format but it was just a complete bitch fest. And um, and all the students, you know, participating and everything. Like, everyone felt f- uh, very free to say, I'll tell you what I hate about our society today. And this is bullshit. And, you know, everyone was complaining. And, you know, I'm a bit of a contrarian. And uh, I-, I-, I would uh, just... I kind of called some people out a little bit like there was, um, early on, I remember, um, someone saying, you know, I hate how the standard is to have straight hair. This girl was saying, I feel pressured. If I'm going to conform, I need to have my hair straightened and that's not fair. And that's bullshit and everything. And, uh, you know, and I, I just said, I just felt like I needed to make a point. I said, you know, I, I actually have friends, girlfriends who pay good money to have their uh, straight hair actually curled. You know, they're getting perms and stuff. That was a big thing back, back then. Well, that didn't go over very well. That did not go over very well. And uh, I remember someone just bitching and moaning about... uh the lighter skin I have, the more, the better it's going to be. And if I have darker skin, then I'm just, it's horrible. Life's going to be horrible. And I just felt the need to, and I was trying to, I was actually trying to help help this person feel better. I said, you know, I, I know a lot of people who pay good money to uh, darken their skin, you know? They're going to tanning beds and stuff like that. Well... Uh, long and the short of it is, I was asked to never come back <laughs> by the by the professor herself. So, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know, Donna G. I'm sure that's tough. Uh, you know, I think uh, here's the deal: a kid's upbringing. I think what they learn at home is so very important, right? That foundation, that that base. Like, I just think it's so very important. So hopefully, the acorn is, is not gonna fall too far from the tree and we'll figure out, you know, how she'll find her way and she'll figure out for herself kinda what's true and what's going on. I wonder how, am I gonna get some hate mail from this? I wonder. I don't mean to offend anyone and whatever. And I'm not saying there's not injustice and all that stuff. I'm not saying there's not racism and all that stuff. I'm just saying this, this, uh, these people are getting worked up into an absolute frenzy these days. And I, I, it, it worries me, you know, and I think we have some other very pressing problems that just aren't, they're getting drowned out by this other stuff and no one's facing them, and I think that could be a real problem. All right? Okay. All right, let me do one more letter. Let's see, 16 minutes in. Okay, here we go. Chicago Tony, what is your take on Elon Musk? I can't figure him out. He seems to be like a rogue billionaire who is upsetting the apple cart half the time. Wouldn't he make more money if he hunkered down and focused? why waste his time tweeting and doing talk shows if he is the main brains behind his company's intellectual capital this is from Dar- Darren L <clears throat> okay uh yeah i i see where you're coming from i think like i remember the he was on joe rogan i didn't see that entire interview but he was talking about uh yeah yeah we're digging tunnels underneath what was it? L.A. He he just had all these irons in the fire. And I remember sitting there thinking, if you're the whiz kid and whatever, how, how can you be doing so many things at once? This is before he uh, determined to... He played around with the idea of buying Twitter, which that, that whole thing always seemed very weird to me. So um let's let me see if i can even think he has of course uh tesla he has spacex he has that one company that do nothing company or whatever which is like a joke <clears throat> i don't remember much about it but it's some it's like a parody company almost he was messing around with buying twitter and yes he does uh, pr and stuff I will tell you what I think. My feeling is he's much more of a figurehead actually than people would suspect. I don't think he is this in the trenches whiz kid um, who is just so absolutely brilliant that he's able to just keep all these balls juggling and he tweets all the time and he's I think it just came out like he had he just had twin he had an affair with one of his higher ups and they just had twins. So he's starting other families with he's cheating on his wife, starting other families. I don't know, man. I think he's more of a figurehead guy. And uh actually I think he's way more connected. His he has a family lineage. I believe it was his grandfather was actually uh the I think it was the head. Of Technocracy Inc. in Canada, if I'm not mistaken, Technocracy Inc. was a um, an early attempt to um, take over economies. Uh, they were they were trying to put together an energy based economy uh, versus, our energy was going to become currency somehow. It was kind of like this socialist type of approach way back in the day. And it fizzled, I think, really because they didn't have the technology to make it work. But I'm pretty sure Elon Musk's grandfather was very, very high up in that thing. And lo and behold, I think what's happening today with Klaus Schwab and etc., etc., is uh, it it feels very similar. It's kind of another, um, well, it's a technocracy, you know, so... I think there's some hocus pocus going on with Elon Musk, and I think he's kind of a figurehead, much the way in the way that Bill Gates was and is a figurehead. I don't believe for a second he was just some genius computer whiz um, working out of his basement and he he just parlayed it into you know hundred billion dollars today. I don't think that's the way the world works, and but that's just me. So. Anyway, thank you for your letter, Darren L. Thank you for listening, whoever you are. Uh, when you're listening to this, I hopefully am sipping pina coladas or I guess maybe Dos Equis down in Mexico somewhere. Hoping that all goes off without a hitch. Listen, thank you for listening. I like you. I love you. And until uh, we meet again, don't take any shit from anybody. See you next time.